Hey guys, Rachel here. Uh, before we kick off this episode, um, we have a word from one of our sponsors. Finch has the ultimate solution for your workspace, the standing piano desk. I have the oak one and y'all, it is aesthetically pleasing. It's made to look like piano music racks. So it's a very unique, elegant, functional, two-tier ergonomic design that sets it apart from other standing desks on the market. It features a programmable keypad that includes three preset heights for your convenience. So with just one simple click, you can adjust the desk to your desired height that you can preset. So it's incredibly easy to operate and you get the perfect height every time. So check out FingePro.com today. That's F-E-N-G-E-Pro.com and use the promo code Rachel10 for 10% off your purchase. So once again, that is FingePro.com, F-E-N-G-Pro.com and use the promo code R-A-C-H-E-L, the number 10 for 10% off your purchase. All right, guys, so definitely check out Finge for um, all um, ergonomic furniture that they have. They don't just have standing desks. They have chairs. They have all different kind of things. So definitely check them out um, when you get a chance. But besides that, today's episode is very interesting. Um, The woman that I interviewed today, she... Um, was in IHRA, um, so she's been drag racing for quite some time, but her origin story is so different from most people, and she also started racing in her late 30s, so that is obviously not the typical uh, racing backstory that we normally get, so I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode And without further ado, um, let's get into it. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. She uh, was the 2015 IHRA Pro Mod World Champion and also a crazy, this is insane, but she was a former Ice Capades figure skater before she went, you know, the racing route. So welcome, Dina Paris. Hi, Dina. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad you um, had the time to uh, to be on, you know, be on the show. I know you have a crazy schedule, you know, between obviously, you know, racing and I know you do like public speaking and you do other things. So, yeah, I know you have a crazy schedule. So I like it that way. I like it that way. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, you're always busy, though. You're always doing something. So, 
Yeah, especially because we've been off the track for, you know, a couple of years now and we're rebuilding. So it's been a really busy process just, you know, trying to bring marketing partners on and um, keep the social media going to keep everything out there. So it's it's really been a process. And I hope that people are following along on my social media with it. So, um, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously just your story is so interesting because it's like, you know, you, you obviously didn't come from like a racing background. You, I mean, you were a professional figure skater. I mean, that's a totally different industry and you just, you know, obviously, yeah. Walk us through that. Like what made you all of a sudden be like, you know what, I'm going to pack up the skates and I'm just going to jump into a race car. So there was a little bit of a span there. So I skated for ice capades um, back in the 90s. So and then um, I met my husband and uh, I got into drag racing through him. Like I always say, much to his dismay. (laughs) (laughs) And I fell in love with the sport. He had built a Camaro. It was 1100 horsepower, had a BDS blow on it. It was um, beautiful. And he kind of bracket raced that car. And um, the very first time I went, I had never, I had watched, you know, a lot of IndyCar and NASCAR. And I had seen drag racing on Wide World of Sports. Now, I know a lot of people are not going to remember what that is. Look it up, up, people. (laughs) And um, so I really wasn't that familiar with the sport until I went. We went to Maple Grove for super Chevy. And I just fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the speed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I liked about drag racing was the difference in all of the vehicles. There were so, just so many different things to look at. And um, I feel like people never get bored. They always have something cool to look at. And I just, like I said, I fell in love with it. And then I went to Frank Holly Drag Racing School uh, and kind of the rest is history from there. But the funny thing is, I didn't start racing until I was in my 30s and I'm 56 now. So it's, I, I'm definitely started my journey way later. And, you know, still being in my 50s and um trying we've been off for a couple of years so you know we're trying to pick things back up and you know i just want to encourage anybody too. like if you're people think oh i'm over 40 i'm i'm over 50 i can't do this you could do it if you suck at it who cares at least just give it a shot yeah my theory in life (laughs) yeah no and you're right and because i mean you hear it a lot like where people feel that they're too old to start over right and do (laughs) something different with their lives and it's like i mean and you're you're living proof that that's not true like you can always start over like you're never too old to start over and do something different you know um and especially with racing you know like you mentioned you know you're, you're not too old. Um, I mean, you can even just race locally if you don't want to try and like really, you know, build up a career, obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, when you get higher up, like into NASCAR and things like that, a lot of them, yes, are retiring at, you know, in their late forties and their early fifties because they're, they've been in a car for so long, they don't want to do it anymore. But you know, if, even if you want to race locally, 
you're, you're good. Like I can give an example, like, so I live in Louisiana. So the closest track to us is Baton Rouge Raceway. Well, the owner, he's in his eighties and he races every weekend Mm -hmm. out there. And honestly, most people don't even believe that he's in his eighties because he's like beating out guys like half like half his age and and that's the thing it's like it's just something that he loves to do but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you don't have to be a young person to you know to to enjoy something like that people tend to for i am not afraid to say how old i am i I actually Mm -hmm. had a retired female female racer that told me don't tell anybody how old you are and i was like Mm -hmm. i can't i can't i can't get down with that so yeah um and it's funny though, I did have uh, a company turn me down. They said they loved everything about my team. They loved everything about me. They loved, uh, you know, how the relation, the relationship I created with my followers on social media. And the only thing that bothered them was my age. Now, what's funny about that is this was a company and specifically a product that could be used by anyone from their teenage years up until their nineties, a hundred, mm. like till the day they, you know, yeah. out. And <clears throat> that's what I found was really odd. I was like, well, why, why, why would that be that this yeah. product can be utilized by everybody, but they wanted someone who was super young. And I said, Hey, that's cool. I'll go to your competitor. I'm good. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's really odd that they mm-hmm. would do that. Especially if, like like you mentioned that their product is for everybody it's not yeah. for a specific age group you know why would it matter that you're promoting it and honestly you you know with you it might be an advantage cuz maybe that's a market they haven't tapped into you know um yeah. so yeah that that's really yeah, it, was, it really I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it yeah. um that they loved everything but they didn't like my age and it was like okay yeah. <laughs> and, um, but you know what, it's okay. There's going to be, there's going to be ups mm-hmm. and downs, pitfalls and I just take them as they come. I take everything as a learning experience. Yeah. And, um, and I go from there. Right. Yeah. And not just that it's like, maybe there was a reason why, you know, you didn't need that opportunity. Cause then another door opens, right? Yeah. Like exactly. that's kind of how I think of things too. It's like, there was a reason that that one didn't work out. <laughs> then it's like, you know, something else better is going to come along. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, you have to have that type of mindset to be I able totally to agree with that. Yeah. take, you know, that weird rejection <laughs> that they, that they did. But it's like, yeah, I mean, cause to be honest, like I'm the same way, like, I don't like I'm 37. And so I don't lie about my age. Like, I feel there's no need to. Mm-hmm. It's like most of the time when I tell people how old I am, they don't believe me anyway. So it's like, yeah. I have to pretty much. <laughs> I know, you're just going to say you're 37. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Most people are like, wait, are you sure? Like, are you sure you're not lying to me right now? I'm like, no, trust me. I'm 37. And my kids make me feel it every day. <laughs> because my because i mean i had my kids young so um you know my oldest daughter just turned 18 oh wow and then my youngest daughter is 15 so i'm like trust me i feel 37 like i feel the age but yeah i might not look it but 
I, I do feel it. And yeah, like, so I totally understand where you're coming from. It's like, why lie about my age? Cause it's like that experience living on this earth, as long as I have so far, it, that's what makes me who I am. It's like mm -hmm. the older you get, the wiser you get. And so it's like, why would I, you know, lie about that? It's like, yes. no, I'm, and I think a lot of that, I mean, I've kind of always been this way, but my perspective really changed um, about a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother passed suddenly at 61. Oh, wow. Very talented artist. He was an airbrush artist, very, very talented. And um, it does change your perspective. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of, I give, I'm kind of at the, I give zero Fs <laughs> stage of my life, which let me tell you though, for anyone out there who's like, you know, I don't wear the weight of other people's opinions anymore. I don't worry about, you know, you like me, you don't like me. That's mm -hmm. okay. Not everybody's going to like me. I'm not going to like everybody. That's how the world works. But it took me a really long time to get there. But once you get there, it's, it's freeing. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It takes it takes a lot off of your mind when you're not worrying about just things that don't concern you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I was the same way. Like it took me a long time to get, uh, and that's crazy because it was about a year ago for me too, with the whole, like, you know, you know what, why have I been living my life caring what other people think? Like it, it and it, and it Maybe does. Maybe I was it, off the vibe. Yeah. It's like, don't worry it's, about it's, girl. You're yeah, like you don't, it's like, you can't make everybody happy, like no matter what. And, um, and it's like, why have, it's like, you're trying to live your life for other people. Yeah. And then you realize it's like, you end up losing yourself, you know, by doing that. And it's Absolutely. like, you know, it's like, no, I need to live my life for me not other people. Yeah. I mean, other people might depend on you, especially if you have your own family and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And, a lot, especially women, we are so bad about that, you know, especially if you're a mom, because you constantly are pretty much thinking about other people and not yourself. All the time. Yep. Yeah. And exactly. so it's like, you have to really like step back and be like, well, if you're not okay, then nobody else is really going to be okay around you. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it took me a long time to figure that out as well. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a tough one, you know, and especially too, as a racer and racing mm -hmm. on a high horsepower car, those are things that, you know, there were sometimes it wasn't what people were thinking, but I wasn't able for a bit there to like, let things go mm -hmm. and it affected my driving. So, you know, and you really, I mean, you know, you're in a 3000 horsepower car, you really yeah. don't want to have your mind elsewhere. So that was something I really had to get a handle on quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think that goes with anything too. Like I was a figure skater um, or any athletes out there. That's mm -hmm. the really kind of, it goes for everyone where, you know, if you're doing something specific, you can't be thinking about something else. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you, you definitely have to be able to clear your mind, you know, kind of like shaking that Etch-a-Sketch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that in a while. I know. Is that still a thing? I don't even know. I don't know if they still sell those. Now that I think about it, I have I no know. idea. But yeah, I mean, I used to play with those as a kid all the time. <laughs> 
So, but yeah, you know, you just get that clean slate, you know, and yeah, like mindset, like you mentioned is everything. So speaking of which, obviously we're on that subject. So what are certain things that like you do like to prepare for a race? Like, is there certain, you know, certain habits that you and rituals that you constantly, you know, do before a race? You know, it's very funny because, um, before we went on the podcast, we were talking about my mm-hmm. skating days. So when mm-hmm. I skated for the ice show, we kind of we had we had one thing that we used to call it was called a goodie, and it was this series of things. It was usually things that we said and high fives and all mixed together. Mm-hmm. Over the tour, it would get longer and longer. My husband and I have this thing that we do in the car. I don't know how it started, and we do this, and then we put our fingers together and go bloop. I, I don't know how it started, but we, we have to, we do that before every pass. When I skated for the ice show, I actually, we had um, like boot covers, they're called gaiters. So they would cover your skates. And I would always put the same gaiter on first, like the, put the left foot on first. If I had a glove, it was always the right glove first. So very specific about how I did things. For one, I'm kind of a methodical person, but also made sure that I didn't forget anything. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you forgot a piece of your costume, you were going to get a fine, so it's not good. So you really didn't want to do that. And um, but I'm like that with the racing and the car. So you know, I put I put my 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 which boot on first. I put you know my gloves, my helmet. Um, my husband when he clips my. And when he clips my hybrid to the mm-hmm. helmet, uh, I, ha- I have him always clip the right side first. Like, it's just funny little things. Yeah. Like that. And I'm, I'm a very methodical driver, too. You know, I I kind of, you know, like sometimes I'll hit the shoots when I don't need to. And it's merely because my body is so used to that process. And I feel like sometimes I've watched other drivers in car and I, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, this person crashed. They should have done X, Y, Z. I wasn't in the mm-hmm. car. Anything. But uh, sometimes I watch in cars and, and of different runs for different people, and they don't do the same thing. And I'm like, that to me can cause a problem somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. No, you need to you need to kind of know where you are and, and what you're doing. Of course, you, you, there are some circumstances where you're going to have to make do. Right. Uh, you know, you're going to have to, you do have to change things up, but to not forget to do things, it's good to be kind of methodical in that way. So that's very much where my brain is. And I, I do certain things mentally before. Um, and uh, I never watch the pair before me. Um, that's something I haven't done for a very long time. Um because I don't want to know how fast they went or how slow they went for one. And if they have a hiccup, you know, they crash or whatever. I don't want that to sit in my brain. Right. So I, so I've just learned not, you know, just kind of keep my head down and wait. And usually you can hear the announcer, you know, when they've gone through, I don't pay attention. I just, I just listen for the voice itself. And mm-hmm. then the boys usually tell me, you know, okay, go ahead and pull up. And then I know, you know, I'm good to go. I'm clear. And um, everybody has a different way of doing things. That's kind of mine. And um, I do a little countdown in my head and um, and get it going. Yeah. And I don't blame you. Like when you mentioned how like you don't pay attention to the people running before you, 
and mm-hmm. you know you don't you know you don't pay attention on if like they crashed or whatever because yeah i mean because that could mess with your mindset while yeah. you're in the car and okay. i and it's like you want to be as clear-minded as possible so you can yeah. you know, make sure that you race well and you don't you don't have other things distracting you so no i don't blame you for not wanting to know <laughs> yeah and i mean it's for a multitude of reasons but for the basic reasons would be i don't want to know how fast they want how slow they want mm-hmm. and you know i don't want to know if they smoke the tires i don't want to i don't want to know any of that yeah i just want to be in my own little world and you know keep it there <laughs> yeah yeah no, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, after that, like after you ran, it's like, you can tell me everything that happened, you know, it's like right now. Yeah. You just want to get from point A to point point B without any, you know, without any distraction. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. And especially like you mentioned, I mean, with the type of car that you have, like you don't want to have all these distractions going on, you know, you want to be able to just focus on, you know, going down, you know, going down that strip and not worrying about anything else. And there is so much sometimes that happens around, you know, there's Mm -hmm. people moving, there's things happening, you know, and you just kind of want to just make sure that you're, you know, you're just not paying attention to any of that. It's, um, you know, and it, it takes your own mind strength to do that. And like I said, everybody's different, but that's how, that's how I like to work. Um, and not to say that if something distracts me, I'm going to fall apart. That's not right. it. I, that's just how I like to prepare. But I do in my brain prepare myself for anything because you never know. Yeah. You, you never know. know. Yeah. And we are very methodical too with how we, um, how our team works. Everyone has a job, very specific. Um, now, mind you, my guys, they, um, well, one is my husband. So, you know, there's that, mm-hmm. but. We have a lot of guys that over the last, it's been 20 years, over the last 20 years have come and worked with us and they pretty much work for um, meatballs and beer. So there's that. So, you know, there's no making a gazillion dollars on my team because we're not making it, which is fine. And um, I've had so many wonderful, wonderful people who have crewed for us over the years that we still keep in touch with. And they're like, when you're ready, we're ready. And they've been, um, just so loyal to us. And, um, you know, I, I can't say enough. It's been, I'm really blessed for what we've done over the last few years. You know, we started as a two car team it was my husband and myself, mm-hmm. and I loved racing him. And I also would love to get a second car eventually. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but again, but, um, because, uh, he, him being a driver, Mm-hmm. He tends to like to tell me, and now they talk about women, Mm-mm. honey, no, my husband likes to tell me how to drive my car. And I, we are two completely different drivers, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. So he'll want me to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. And he's like, well, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. Just, just shut up. So it got to the point that we don't, we don't give him a radio anymore. <laughs> Like, it's like, no, let me do my thing. Like, I know what I'm doing, like, you know. Yeah. He's, like, he's allowed to back, he'll back me up. I don't like it, someone in front of me to, oh, to back okay. up. I listen to them on the radio and <laughs> a couple of times he's like, right, right, right. And I'm going right. And he's like, right. I'm like, I'm going right. <laughs> so I'll get on the radio and go, did you mean left? He's like, uh, yeah, left. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
my other right? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, you know, I mean, sometimes things, things like that happen and it's hard, you know, you like, you're trying not to laugh and you got to keep your composure. It's just crazy, but I love it. I love every bit of it. Yeah. And then that's hilarious. It's like, you know, he, he's trying to tell you how to drive. It's like, uh, no, no, like I got yeah. this. Yeah. He's, you know, and it's because he is a driver and because, yeah. And I really do feel like men and women drive completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, I had um, Bonnie Burkett was my friend and my mentor, and I miss her terribly. And um, her and I had a conversation once and um, it was after I had crashed. And I <clears throat> was going back to the same racetrack, which is MIR for the first time. And it was in the midst of the points chase for IHRA. So yeah, fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she just said, she said, I want just keep your mind clear. She said, just stay in the moment. And she said, and you're going to, you're going to pace yourself. She says, you're going to take it from here to here, to here, to here, meaning down the racetrack. Yeah. And, um, and she said, and she said, you, before you know it, you'll be at the end. She says, and then you'll get that first run out of the way and you'll be fine. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked like a charm. Um, and I mean, what an honor to have, you know, Bunny, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like talking me through things. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, she was just, she was such a, an amazing racer and a, a lovelier person. She was amazing. And um, yeah, so she kind of helped me through that. And then, and we wound up taking the points lead at, at that race before um i don't even think we finished that race i think they had a big storm that came in and i don't even oh, think we were going to finish but um but i did have wind up having the points lead so that was cool and uh yeah and i have the inside of my door she had signed a little note on the inside of my driver door yeah which is kind of cool so yeah and that's something that you'll cherish forever too yeah yeah, yeah. i i definitely i miss her our conversations she was she was just such such a cool, amazing person. So if you don't know of Bunny Burkett, definitely look her up because she was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was an icon. Like, yeah. I mean, so. she's, she's also why a lot of women, you know, in IHRA and NHRA are where they are, you mm -hmm. know, she paved the way, yep. you know? So yeah, yep. I mean, she, and yeah, I mean, oh, I wish I would have been able to like meet her because I mean, she, she just sounded like such an amazing person. So. She, she was, you know, she um, she never met a fan she didn't like. She always took time for the fans. She was always um, so gracious in that way. And, you know, I learned a long time ago um, about that because I remember there was someone that I was, um, it was so it was Dorothy Hamill years ago and mm -hmm. she was very young. She just won the Olympics. And yeah. I can't, all I remember is that I went to give her a, a photo for an autograph and, and she kind of, they kind of swept her away. So I don't really mm -hmm. know her or them. And I wound up working with her years later in, oh, okay. yeah. And, you know, she had said to me, of course she didn't remember that specific time, mm -hmm she did say it was a very stressful time in her life. And, you know, she said she always felt bad if she, you know, if she kind of like snubbed people, she was really young too, yeah. she was like 19. Um, but it taught that taught me cause it sat with me for a really long time. And it was so mm -hmm. good that I got to actually 
have the conversation right. with her. Like, how bizarre is that? <laughs> and she's she's a super, super nice person. And um, it just made me remember that, you know, in this process of what I'm doing now, especially that, you know, I, uh, I'll never, you know, walk away from someone unless I have to, of course, I would excuse myself, but right. never, uh, you know, I'll never kind of turn the cold shoulder to anybody because that will, that'll sit with people and I would never want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I totally understand that because I mean, you know, especially if it's somebody that looks up to you, you know, like that you, you, you know, you would feel really bad about that, yeah. that, you know, that you blew them off when like yeah. they really wanted to, you know, even have a minute with you, you know? Yeah. And then there's the ones that sneak up and steal a handful of autograph cards and sell them on eBay. That's hilarious. Oh yeah. I was uh, like, well, that's me on eBay. Someone sent me a message and I'm like, Oh yeah, your cards are on eBay. I'm like, we give those out for free. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I never really deal. understood why people do that. It's like, you know, um, so <laughs> yeah. I was like me of all people, like my cards put on eBay. I said, you know, there's a lot of other people I would think that they would do that before me, but whatever. I guess I should take it as a compliment, right? <laughs> yeah. As yeah. you can. <laughs> right. So obviously, um, I got to ask, I noticed the nickname Spicy Meatball. So I've yes. got to know where did that come up, come from? You know, it's, it's so funny how that happens. So, um, <laughs> When I'm not racing, and it's been quite a bit in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. I do like to go online and watch racing. Mm -hmm. And many, for a time, now on YouTube they have it, but um, for a time there was uh, like chat, they called them the chat bleachers. So mm -hmm. it was, you know, the little message thing. Yeah. And um, I had gone in and it was my name and there was a troll in there and he was causing all kinds of trouble and they would block him and then he'd come back and then he would antagonize people. Mm. And I was like, I can't, I can't hang with that. So I just changed my name to spicy meatball, like as a goof. And when I was talking to people, typing to people, the people that the, the fans that were in there that had known me knew mm. just by the way I was saying things that it was me. And, um, then I went back into the chat room the next time and I forgot to change the name. I didn't think anything of it. I just forgot to change it. So it was like, hey, spicy, 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 what's up, spicy? And it kind of stuck. <laughs> so um, then I saw people at the racetrack. We had gone for to watch something and, and I had someone come to me. They're like, yo, spicy, what's going on? I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> so my husband was like, wow, I guess that stuck. And I said, yeah, I didn't. It, it just, it kind of happened so organically, which I love. And um, so now spicy meatball, I'm keeping it spicy and um, having fun with it. You know, my my car's name is Stella. Stella was named, I'm, I'm Italian, if you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, my, my grandma, <laughs> woman never drove a car a day in her life, which is hilarious that I would name my race car after her. I'm not quite sure how she feels about that. <laughs> and um she, for all my growing up, she had fiery red hair. Now, mm. anyone who is in the hair industry knows Clairol Flame number 36. 
because that's what her hair was. <laughs> so, and um, so the car is red kind of in her honor. And mm -hmm. I love that, you know, my Italian grandma's name is on the car and then the spicy meatball along with it is so much fun and we have a lot of fun with it. And, um, and I like that people engage with that. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's funny how this all came from pretty much a chat room thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was totally, I did it totally as a goof just because I didn't want this person to know who I was because I've had it before where people come on and they antagonize and then mm -hmm. they antagonize you on your social and then you got to block them there. It's right. like, it's a whole song and dance. And I don't really have patience or time mm -hmm. for that. So that's how it happened. And, um, and I'm kind of glad it happened that way. So, uh, you know, people have really have taken to it. So it's all good. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's really like, it's an interesting nickname. It's not like, you know, it's not like some normal nickname. It's like <laughs> automatically, like you hear spicy meatball. It's like, okay, I have to know the story behind this because <laughs> this is not some normal nickname. So there's obviously a good story behind this. So. And there is a little bit of background too that I guess, like now that I think about it, because at the racetrack, you know, we don't make like hamburgers and hot dogs. I cook before we go huh. and I, and you know, I, I freeze it and bring it with us. And mm -hmm. for years, I like we would go, especially when we go to Virginia Motorsports Park, because they're like our peeps, like that's like our family there. And I would always cook extra because there would always be some strays coming on over. <laughs> and I would open the door. There was a couple of times there was 10, 15 people sitting at the table. And we're like, oh, okay, well, glad I brought some extra. <laughs> You know, and I used to make all the individual meatballs. I would make like 50 or 60 meatballs just to take to the racetrack all by hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. But yeah. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, but obviously I, it must be good because, I mean, that many people, you know, coming up wanting food, so. Well, my, my friend Chad Reynolds from Bang Shift. <laughs> and Brian McTaggart, uh, we were at an, an a, um, NMCA race, mm -hmm. and they were up on the they were up on their boom, and um, I passed by, I waved to them, and I'm like, "You guys hungry?" And they're like, uh, "Well, yeah, we are." And so I went back, and I had some spaghetti and meatballs, mm -hmm. and I bought them a big tray. It's kind of like this big, like one of those, uh, you know, those tins that have like the cover. Yeah, I always keep those because I always wound up giving leftovers to people. <laughs> I, I I have turned into my grandma, like that's for sure. <laughs> and <clears throat> so I went and I brought them this one and it was it was a good amount of food. And I said, do you need two? They were like, no, we're gonna be in a food coma, don't do it. And I have the video, I still have the video that from them after they, they ate the food and they were like, oh yeah, we're like in instant food coma. And they were all excited that it, they weren't store-bought meatballs. And so it was funny. <laughs> it was yeah. But you know, the food is good when you, when you have a food coma, like yes. that, 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 that's obvious. Yeah, that's right? like the obvious way right. to know. And they shared it. I was like, I'll bring in more. They were like, no, <laughs> we're good. I said, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I totally understand that. But, um, yeah, but that's really neat though that like you kind of like have be become almost like known to do that like and people are just like 
they pretty much expect that. It's like, oh, it's Dina. There's going to be food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there are so many people at the racetrack that make, like, um, my friend Georgina Buckley, Buckley Motorsports, mm-hmm. her and her husband, they always do, like, an amazing spread, too. So it's funny how people, you know, different people are kind of known, I think, for different kinds of food at the racetrack. Like, they always do, like, a big steak thing, and oh, okay. they cook amazing stuff, too. So, yeah. So, yeah, be sure to follow Georgina Buckley, too. She's awesome. Love her. Yeah. Um, so obviously 2015 was a huge year for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, take us through that. So obviously, you know, you ended up winning the pro mod world championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that was a big, that was a huge thing for you. So like, you know, I mean, how did that feel? I mean, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause IHRA at the time, ProMod and IHRA are synonymous, or mm-hmm. had been anyway. And um, it was in 2014, the very end of 2014, we actually brought Stella to PRI. And um, we were in the Stainless Works booth. And IHRA wanted to announce that they were bringing ProMod back. So they actually did it in front of my car, which I was super excited about. And um, Crower was was the was our um, sponsor for the uh, for our category. And um, it was, you know, it was a crazy year, like we had, um, you know, not like not the biggest car counts, really, um, because it was just coming back. And uh, we we just we dug in all year, and were able to kind of pull it out. And uh, actually, Quain Stott, who is, I think, two-time IHRA champions, his brother is as well, Mitch. So um, he worked with us all season, and uh, it was it was some good times. We had a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work. Um, I went into the sand at 131, and um, they make the perfect color red duct tape by the by. <laughs> and so after it went into the sand, there was just a crack on the front lip. We didn't have time to get it fixed. So we put some red duct tape on it. Good as new, you know, because duct tape, 200 mile an hour tape. So yeah, 40 mile an hour because we were going um, quarter mile at the time, which was great. And uh, yeah, so and then we went to uh, I think it was Grand Bend after that. So it was a um, it was a crazy season, but we pulled it out at the end. And it was so exciting and so much fun. And I wish IHRA would bring pro mods back because that's the home of the pro mod. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no disrespect to NHRA, of course, because they have pro mods there now. But um, yeah, I just I just wish IHRA would, would bring it back because it's, I mean, I remember the times when we worked with Carl Spearing, he's a good friend of ours, and when there were 60 plus cars, you know, wow. 60 plus pro mods. Yeah, so that was back in the day. And, um, yeah, so I, I wish they would bring it back. You never know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I mean, classes change all the time. And, yeah. um, so yeah, maybe, you know, maybe they, they might bring it back one day, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they can get enough people that are interested. Cause I mean, that's really the biggest thing is car count. You know, if they feel there's not enough, you know, then they feel it's not worth it. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they can get enough people that are interested. I'm sure they yeah. can bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. So besides 2015, is there any other times, you know, racing that like you feel like really stand out for you, like certain moments that you feel stand I, out? You know what? I have, there's so many, mm -hmm. uh, each one for whatever different reason. Um, my very first win was at VMP and um, that was like 2009, I think, something like that, mm -hmm. and, uh, 2009, 2010. And that was no with uh, Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod. And um, I, you know, I had a lot of firsts, like, you know, first woman to win Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod, um, in that class and they've had women since of course mm -hmm. but and um but you know what i'm so blessed to have friends like uh, carolyn melende and uh, annette summers and carol long like these are a lot of these women they came with they came before me in promod uh and you know i kind of thank them for paving paving the way for us in our particular class not just drag racing itself because you know promod was a was just a whole different animal when mm -hmm. it first started and it still is you know um and, but you know those are those are my ladies and i'm thankful for them i always like to give them a mention because i'm i'm very thankful and i'm thankful to have their friendship too so yeah and like you mentioned you know they paved the way for women to really like be in that sport you know and actually you know show obviously like you know, women can do it too, you know, it's like, um, and, and that's what, that's what it takes, you know, is w at least one woman to go out there and be like, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make sure that, you know, I make it known that I can do this too. Yeah. And then, you know, and then that's, it just paves the way for other women to realize, well, she went out there, I can do it too. Yeah. You and know? they took a lot of, you know, the knocks on the head. So to yeah. Speak. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't, I've been lucky. I haven't really, I never really had to deal with that. I've, couple, mm -hmm. I've had a couple of incidents where I've had to go toe to toe with people, which is hilarious because there was one time, it was a very long time ago and someone accused of, we were doing really well and we were mm -hmm. accused of cheating. Oh, wow. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> this guy was like six something. Am I? He's toe to toe with me and he's kind of like yelling in my face mm -hmm. and I'm falling back. I'm five feet tall. So <laughs> I'm kind of like this. Right. <laughs> and my husband comes around the corner. The best thing about my husband is he comes around the corner and he sits and he waits mm -hmm. because he's like, he's not going to get involved. He's going to let me do what I need to do, speak my piece, mm -hmm. and then we go on our way. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I said, if you want to send the officials over, you can. I do recall saying that. And I said, but otherwise, you know, we're you're going to have to let it go. And I'm going to let it go. And then I'm going to be on my way because I got stuff to do because I'm going to the next round. So there it is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the fact that he accused you of cheating, it's like, obviously, you're doing something right because. Yeah. Know, I mean, know. like I said, it was forever ago. It was a long time ago, but yeah. it does stick out in my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can, I can actually like see it. Um, but you know, I, I, things happen and, yeah. I, and maybe he wasn't thinking that maybe he was just, maybe he was just frustrated with himself. Mm -hmm. I, again, you know, I couldn't really worry too much about it. I had other things to 
Right. So, you know, and now I couldn't imagine if somebody said this to me, I would probably laugh in their face because I'd just be like, okay, whatever. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. Uh and I mean and I mean you told him it's like, hey, if you wanna check, yeah. Go go ahead. And yeah. obviously if it must not have been that important. No. No, <laughs> no, because nothing nothing ever came of it. That's why I said, you know, it could have been his own frustration talking. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't, I, I guess I, I, it is what it is, but just to give you an example, of, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I've really been, I've really been lucky, you know, and that I didn't take as like a male, female thing. That was just a comparison. Right. Um, and, and I am blessed that I've been pretty respected by the other, other competitors over the years. So, you know, now coming back in, it'll be a whole new set of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that'll be a little bit different for us. And that's fine. Um, I, we're looking to run Midwest Drag Racing Series next season okay. uh, in 24. That's what we're working on. So, yeah, any marketing partners out there, anybody wants to hop on board, just give me a ringy dingy. And we'll chit chat about it. Um, but if you guys do watch my social at all, um, the one thing that I am very, very passionate about is safety. Uh, I do find that sometimes people are willing to put a gazillion dollars into their program, meaning their motor, <laughs> mm, right? but not their safety. Mm -hmm. So um, anyone who has questions about safety, you can always message me. Um, but, you know, I, people say, oh, it's hot, too hot to wear all my safety equipment. You're going to be hotter if you go on fire and you don't have that equipment yeah. to you. So there's that. And uh, yeah, so I just want to really encourage racers, whatever they race, to just mm -hmm. make sure they're always wearing all their safety equipment because anything can happen at any time. So you just want to make sure that you know you'd rather be proactive than reactive, right? So, right. So yeah, you can give Simpson a call and uh, you know tell him I sent you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right about safety. Like, sure, you might feel uncomfortable for a little while, but it's better than you being seriously injured or possibly not here the next day. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you want to live to race another day for sure. Exactly. That's, that's it is by wearing all your safety equipment. So I always like to make sure that I get that in there. And if it, I always tell people if they have questions, you know, I had uh, one guy and he I responded to a video of his and, you know, he said, well, I only go 150 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but that parachute, he said, he was talking about parachutes and I'm like, yeah, but the parachute can still save you at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, it'll still straighten you right out. So, you know, the inertia of hitting the wall versus hitting the parachute. And even if you tag the wall, you're going to be going a bit slower. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's just, they're just kind of, I think, I have, I have, we were selling safety equipment for a short period of time and had a gentleman come in and he was looking at gloves and I, I did a video on this too. He was looking at gloves and he said, well, you know, I don't go as fast as you, so I, I don't really need gloves. Okay. I go, so what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a plumber. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to give you a little scenario because I've seen it happen actually. You know, I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in the last 20 years. I said, you're at the line, you go to leave, fuel line, fuel line breaks. Mm -hmm. Little spark catches fire, boom, your hands get burned. What are you going to do when your hobby puts you out of work for three months? Right. Or more. Mm -hmm. 
he just kind of looked at me and I said, I, I know it's like the doomsday scenario. I get yeah. it. But fire does burn at zero miles per hour. I'm just throwing that one out there. Yeah, exactly. And, right? So um, about two weeks later, he came back and he said, you know, I had told my wife what you said. He said, and she nagged me for these last two weeks to come in and get a pair of gloves. And I said, well, I'm glad she did. Yeah, <laughs> I said, because I'm just glad that you're going to be safer mm -hmm. when you're out on the racetrack. So, you know, I mean, however, I have to explain it to people, I'll explain it. And I'm probably totally annoying because it's what I talk about all the time. But um, it is what it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, being a race car driver, period, is I mean, it's risky no matter what, you mm -hmm. know, when you get into a car. But if you're not going to take the safety precautions, then, I mean, you're really putting yourself at even more risk. And, yeah. you know, especially at high speeds, you don't know what's going to happen in that car. Like yeah. you don't, you don't know if that car is going to completely like just disintegrate when you hit the wall or if it's just, if it's actually going to brace, you don't know. Yeah. And, so, and even somebody running, you know, I tell people you run tens, 11s, 12s, I, mm -hmm. I don't care. Put that safety equipment on. Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and one guy's like, oh, well, they're going to make fun of me if I wear, you know, um, a Hans or a hybrid. And I'm like, so let them make fun of you. No. You're going to get out of the car and be fine. So they can make fun of you all they want. Who cares? Yeah. You know, again, that goes back to caring what other people think. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. And yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, the Hans device and all of that, it's not made to look pretty. I mean, right. it, it's not yeah. like it's yeah. not a fashion it's, statement. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely an awkward piece of safety equipment for sure. Yeah, it, but, yeah, it's not a, but it's not a fashion statement. I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be there to protect you, mm -hmm. um, no matter what it looks like. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's like I'd rather wear something awkward around my neck and make sure I don't get a neck injury than to not have one and yeah. you know end up you know, end up possibly paralyzed. I mean, you know, some, or some people don't even make it if they don't have a Hans device. So yeah, scary. Yeah. Scary. So, so where is safety equipment people? Yeah, Please. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, my husband races, my husband races a dirt late model and he wears a, a Hans device. And I mean, I get on him all the time too about safety stuff. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. You have your your gloves and everything. And, you know, and and he gets it because it's like, you know, you don't want and because obviously when his dad ran, his dad ran sprint cars back in the day and people weren't as open say about they safety, anything, right? right? They, most right. of them didn't. If they did wear safety equipment, it was the bare minimum because they didn't really want to wear them. Um, and so, yeah, like and so it's like you know, he had to unlearn because obviously when he started racing too, as a kid at, back then, they didn't wear as much safety equipment either. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like he had to pretty much, you know, figure it out and be like, Hey, I've, I've got to wear safety equipment. It's yeah. like, I'm not getting any younger either. It's taking <laughs> longer to recover. <laughs> right. Know? And especially if you have kids and whatnot, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you're, you know, if something happens, you're going to be okay. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and that was, and that's another thing too. Like that was also why he switched from the sprint car to a late model because he's like, 
you know, it's, uh, it's safer, you know, for him. And it's like, also if he, you know, if he wrecks in a late model, it's not, it's not as bad, you know? Um, and, okay. and it doesn't take as much for him to recover from it too. Cause he, cause it's like, he was like, I realize now that I'm older soreness. It takes a lot longer to go away. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Goodness. It does. It definitely yeah. takes longer. It takes a lot longer. He's like, I realize I'm not 20 anymore. I'm like, where I could get up the next day and I just be like, oh, it's no big deal. He's like, I'm still hurting after like a week. And it's like, yeah, it's like I'm just take some Advil or, or something and go. And then and like, yeah. Walk yeah. it off. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm just gonna have to walk it off. I'm just gonna have to be okay with it. Yeah. So, but yeah, the joys of getting older, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, so obviously, you know, you mentioned that you're gonna be racing in 2024 um, and stuff, you know. So are you going to be looking at more of like almost like a full-time schedule or is it going to be more like a part-time? Well, I would love for it to be full-time. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm working on currently. Um, and, you know, I've been working with some companies in the off time. Um, one of them is Vital Brew Coffee. Uh, it's a really it's a really good coffee, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been working with them, but we... I always say we because it's a team, but right. I've been working with them for uh, for the last few months. If you're on my social media, you'll see mm -hmm. if you go to uh, vitalbrewcoffee.com and you place an order, just put in Dina30 and you'll get 30% off your order. So we always like that. And then yeah. uh, every once in a while we'll do some. We just finished. We just did a giveaway, uh, six months worth of free coffee, which is pretty cool. And, um, and then, and they also got a crew shirt from me. So, um, we'll give it a little time and I'm sure we'll do another giveaway somewhere down the line too. Yeah. They, I love Vital Brew. So they also work with Bruno Massel and, um, I just like their, I, I do like the coffee, but I love that it's a veteran owned company, uh, that it has some health benefits as BCAA in it. And so it has health benefits. So there was, a, there was a lot to it that, that really meshed with what I do. We've worked a lot with the military in the past and veterans. And so that of course was right up my alley. Right. And, um, so we're happy to be working with them and we'll see where that goes. And, uh, that's it. Yeah, no. And, and, and the thing is the fact that like there's health benefits in the coffee, like that, yeah. that's an amazing thing. Cause yeah, most, like most coffees just like, it's just coffee and it's not that great for you. But the fact that they put, you know, they took the time to make it more healthy, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, that makes it, you know, so much better. And also that, like you mentioned, like that it's veteran owned. It's like, I feel, you know, we just need to support our veterans as much, as much as possible. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, definitely. And we'll definitely link that and, you know, in the description and oh, your awesome. promo code. So, you know, people can check them out awesome. and, you know, order from them. Cause yeah, I mean, as whatever we can do to support, you know, veteran owned businesses. Is yeah. You know, over the years we've, we've worked with a lot of different charities. We worked with a lot of veteran charities, which again, um, which was why they align so well with us. But, um, I, and I'm actually working with another, uh, charity organization now, um, which is hello, gorgeous of hope. 
and they're a really cool uh, they're really cool organizations so um kim who is who own i owns it i guess you would say runs it um she's a wonderful woman and her and i are in the hair from the hair industry mm -hmm. so what she does is this hello gorgeous of hope is a great philanthropic way to help women with cancer and it is we we meaning them they uh they replace the beauty that cancer has stolen from these women wigs they help them with wigs makeup clothing and you know part of that getting healthier process is if your brain is healthy so if you feel right. good about yourself you're going to feel better and i have oh here so this is her if you look that's her oh okay yeah we're in the beauty that cancer seals and um it's a great organization and we're working we're working with them as well so you know everything even though we're not on the racetrack i still try to be as active as i can and um that's very near and dear to my heart and so um we've been you know i've lost friends of course as of late so um I, I think it's just it's a great organization they're they're small but they do a lot of virtual things now especially you know after the pandemic of course right. everything became virtual so it's it's made it a little bit easier for her you know they do virtual helping people with makeovers and things like that mm -hmm. and helping them with their wigs and their clothing and uh so it's a great organization yeah um and and honestly i had never heard of it but i i think that's amazing what she's doing because yeah, yeah like you mentioned you know obviously cancer is such a horrible thing to go through and yeah it, it does um mentally you know it it does make these women you know obviously it, it affects them and then you know they want to be able to do something you know even though they might not they, you know, they might have lost their hair or something like that they still want to feel good about themselves and yeah you know they're confident. losing their hair their eyebrows their skin yeah. changing there's so much to it and she teaches the she she teaches women how to deal with all that she teaches right. them how to deal with their scalp and the, the changes that happen mm -hmm. with the hair loss and and right. that skin is so sensitive mm -hmm. so she teaches people how to deal with that and how to deal with their with their skin and and you know keeping the moisture in their right. skin and, um there's so much more to it i think than people real i didn't mm -hmm. realize yeah i learned so much from her and one of the uh, one of the things that they're trying to do again it's hello gorgeous of hope is they're trying to get salons on board to do these makeovers so if there's anyone out there who's in a salon and they're looking to maybe do something philanthropic this would be a great a great avenue for them yeah yeah and yeah, I'll definitely we'll definitely link that in the description too. Cause yeah, I think more people need to know about that. And that was something that I I didn't even know about. Yeah. I had never heard of that organization. And so I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah, you know? they're they're like I said, they're on the smaller side, but they're gonna they're gonna grow for sure. They're yeah. uh, they're so passionate about what they do. Um, I know that for anyone who's in um <clears throat> the um it's like a little north of Indy. Uh, anyone who's in that area, I know they're doing a big golf outing coming up. So if you go on their uh, social media, you'll be able to see some more information about that. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely link all of that so everybody knows what's going on with both of those organizations. And obviously everything that you've got going on as well, you know, we'll link all of your social media as well so everybody can kind of follow Dina's journey and everything that she's doing. Um, and obviously if, you know, and if you guys want to partner with Dina in any way, especially for 2024 when she's racing, you know, you guys can definitely reach out to her, but yeah, no, thank you so much, Dina, for being on. I appreciate you taking the time out and I loved listening to your story. I mean, you have an amazing story and, and that you're, you know, you're doing all these things and, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't give up. Like you, you were like, yeah, I might be in my thirties, but who cares? Like I'm going to, you know, change over and I'm going to go to racing and, you know, you're still doing it now. And, you know, I mean, you're an inspiration to, you know, people that don't, that think their lives stop at 30 and that they can't like, you know, change, change their career paths and do something else, you know, that they're truly passionate about. Yeah. I even just, so funny i hadn't auditioned for anything in forever you know since i've been in the show and i actually recently auditioned for it's an over 50 um dance group and they perform they were on jimmy kimmel not too long ago they perform all over and um i was accepted and wow. so, yeah so you may see some videos popping up about that as well so yeah so now i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be uh, dancing and doing some performing part-time too. So yeah, I like to mix it up. What can I tell you? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, still, that's the problem. I'm literally like a toddler. I cannot, <laughs> like, you know, I'm Italian. So you see, I talk with my hands, but I can't sit still like, a yeah. toddler. So, um, the more things I have to keep me occupied, the better off I am. <laughs> understand. Yeah. And I mean, and also, I mean, you were a performer and so like, I'm, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's in your blood. And so yeah. honestly, for you to, you know, go off and do something like that, even though it's not skating, you know, you're dancing, yeah. you know, it, it, that it actually makes sense. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, I mean, and everybody, you know, just follow Dina on social media and you'll be able to definitely see, you know, whatever she's up to next, especially the dancing part. Cause I'm sure yeah. you're probably going <laughs> to, you're yeah. probably going to post some videos of you doing that. So. I, I imagine so. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, no, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. All right, guys, that was it. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, it was so much fun being able to um, hear Dina's interesting story, you know, going from being a professional ice skater to being a drag racer. Um, that's not a story that you hear every day. And especially, um, at the age that she did it, because obviously she had been, she was pretty far into her ice skating career and, um, you know, left at her late thirties to become a drag racer. And now she's doing it, you know, at the, in her fifties. So, I mean, this is something you don't hear every day. So I'm, I'm glad that Dina came on and shared her story. So more people know, you know, who she is and, um, and definitely, uh, I will link everything in the description, you know, her social media. So you guys can keep up with her journey. Um, also vital brew coffee, hello, gorgeous of hope. Um, will all be in the description as well. So you guys can check out those, 
organizations and support them as well. So, um, yeah, so that's it guys for that episode. Um, if you are a VIP, you get to listen to this episode Wednesday night at 10 PM central. Um, that is a thanks from me for you subscribing to the newsletter because obviously you took the time to do that and you get access to the podcast a day early. So this podcast would come out on a Thursday <laughs> and so you get it on Wednesday night. So we are at two episodes a week now. So our episodes come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week starting now. And um, if you are a VIP, you get to listen to the podcast episodes on Monday night and Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Central. So guys, definitely go ahead and subscribe to the VIP section newsletter. The link is in the description. And that's it, guys. I will see you next week. Take care.